Welcome to the Total Sports Recall Podcast. I'm your host, Harv Aronson, and when every football season ends, football is not over. That's because there are still events to look forward to. The biggest event in the offseason is that of the NFL Draft. These days, there are seven rounds, but in 1974, there were 17 long rounds. That year, the Pittsburgh Steelers had what many consider the greatest draft class in history. Four drafted players by Pittsburgh ended up being inducted into two the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If you include Donnie Schell, who was signed as a rookie free agent, now you have five players from the same 1974 rookie class that have been labeled as some of the best players in history. That is amazing. So who are the other four aside from Schell? Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Mike Webster, and one of the greatest linebackers ever, Jack Lambert. It's just incredible. Those five players were just a part of one of the greatest dynasties in NFL history, as the Pittsburgh Steelers won four Super Bowls in six years from 1975 to 1980. In 1976, if not for the injuries to Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer, Pittsburgh may have won a fifth Super Bowl. Lynn Swan was the first pick for the Steelers in 1974, and he would play just nine seasons in the NFL coming out of the University of Southern California. But Swan will be remembered most for his acrobatic catches and putting on an incredible performance in the Super Bowls. Swan was the 21st pick overall, and in the second round, Pittsburgh had the 46th pick and found a lanky, undersized linebacker named Lambert. With so many teams passing him by, Jack Lambert came to the Steelers with attitude, a fierce and fear-no-one temperament. Lambert was infamous with his missing teeth and terrorizing opponents. Just ask Cliff Harris, who in Super Bowl X taunted Pittsburgh field goal kicker Roy Jarella after a missed field goal, only to find himself getting slammed to the ground by a pissed-off Jack Lambert. The Steelers were far from done drafting that year of 1974, drafting 21 players and then signing five more as free agents, all of whom made the roster. One of those roster's players was tight end Randy Grossman. Undrafted out of Temple University, Grossman made his mark on the Steelers. He would catch 119 balls from 1974 to 1981, all with the Steelers. His average reception was 12.7 yards. Marv Kellum, who was a steady backup at linebacker, also came to the team without being drafted, Kellum having played for Wichita State. Pittsburgh scouts and Chuck Knoll obviously had an eye for talent because when they were not landing those great draft picks in 1974, they were finding further talent and overlooked players not selected in the process. Donnie Shaw was previously mentioned coming out of South Carolina State That man wore jersey number 31 and began on special teams, but was a standout on that unit. And until he took his natural position in the defensive secondary, he became an excellent cover man and also a hard-hitting tackler. Many in whose shell's career will forever remember the hit he placed on that Houston Oilers freight train named Earl Campbell. Other free agent finds were Reggie Garrett, who made it onto the team for several seasons and Dick Kahn from the University of Georgia, who for his rookie season was designated as the kick returner on punts and kickoffs. His numbers were not that great, and in 1975, he was no longer on the Steelers, and he moved on to the New England Patriots. Those five Hall of Fame players from 1974 would become key components of Pittsburgh's reign of terror they put on the league from 1974 to their last Super Bowl in 1980. From that era, the players, coaches, and executives that ended up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it's incredible. They are Terry Bradshaw, Mel Blunt, Joe Green, Jack Ham, Franco Harris, Jack Lambert, Chuck Knoll, Art Rooney Sr. and his brother Dan, Donnie Shell, 
John Stallworth, Lynn Swan, and Iron Mike Webster. That's a lot of players from the same team that played together. Overall, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had 30 men include, inducted into the hallowed halls in Canton, Ohio, but that is not the most. That honor belongs to the Chicago Bears, who have 36 men enshrined in the hall. Green Bay is next with 33, and then in a tie are the New York Giants with 32, as is the same for the Dallas Cowboys and Washington Redskins. But it is that 1974 NFL draft that will stand the test of time. Aside from the Steelers, one other player from that draft made it into the Hall of Fame. That was the Oakland Raiders tight end Dave Casper, drafted one pick just before Jack Lambert. But for the Steelers, five inductees from 1974 is hard to fathom how so many teams passed them by when making their selections. Before Lynn Swan was taken in the first round with the 21st pick overall, 20 teams before Pittsburgh failed to make their selection. That included the Dallas Cowboys, who had their first overall pick and chose Ed Tutal Jones, who ended up being a perennial pro bowler. But after Dallas, San Diego, the Giants, Bears, Colts, Jets, Cardinals, Lions, 49ers, who also had two first-round picks, Rams, Packers, Saints, Broncos, Chargers again, the Chiefs, Vikings, Bills, Raiders, and Bears all passed on Lynn Swan. None of those teams that failed to draft Lynn Swan picked a player that was noteworthy. Only Jones, John Dutton, Randy Gratishar, and Henry Lawrence made the Pro Bowl at least once. What is more remarkable is that in the second round, 19 picks went before Jack Lambert's name was called. Even more outrageous is that it was not until the fourth round when John Stallworth was still sitting at home waiting for a call. There were tons of wide receivers that were drafted in 1974, which included Swan, but ironically enough, only Swan and Stallworth landed in the Hall of Fame. Before Stallworth was picked by the Steelers in the fourth round, only six other wide receivers were drafted. They were Roger Carr by the Baltimore Colts, John Holland by the Vikings, Gerald Tinker by the Atlanta Falcons, Wayne Wheelers to the uh, Bards, Nat Marr by Miami, who turned out to be a good receiver, and Harrison Davis by the San Diego Chargers. Perhaps the most eye-opening Pittsburgh selection was that of Iron Mike Webster. Shockingly, Webby lasted until the fifth round of the draft, the 125th pick overall. What Webster's career became was being perhaps the greatest center in the history of the game. While he had a tragic ending to his life and a sad story of his post-football days, no one that is a Steelers fan and followed the team in that period can forget Webster taking the field sleeveless, bearing those massive biceps and watching him manhandle opposing defenses. Nine centers were drafted in 1974, and not one put together a career comparable to Webster's. There was Mark Markovich of the Chargers, Scott Anderson to the Vikings, Jim Pedrzak, drafted by the New York Giants, Bill Wyman by the Jets, Paul Rizek to Atlanta, Steve Taylor by the Houston Oilers, Bill Britton to the Eagles, and Fred Rothwell, drafted by Detroit. As for the fact that five players selected in the 1974, not counting Donnie Shell as a free agent, all going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, not, that is not the most won in draft history. That record belongs to the 1957 draft class. In 1957, nine players selected eventually were inducted into the Hall. Those nine players from 1957 were Paul Hornung, Len Dodson, Jim Brown, Jim Parker, Tommy McDonald, Sonny Jurgensen, Henry Jordan, Gene Hickerson, and Don Maynard. Right behind that class with eight Hall of Famers was the classes of 1968, 1981, and 1983. 
1968, the following players are now in the Hall of Fame. Ron Yeri, Claude Humphrey, Larry Zonka, Curly Culp, Ken Stabler, Charlie Sanders, Alvin Bethay, and Art Shell. In two years close to each other, 1981 and 1983, 16 players earned the Yellow Jacket synonymous with the Hall of Fame. From 1981, it was Lawrence Taylor, Kenny Easley, Ronnie Lott, Mike Singletary, Howie Long, Ricky Jackson, Russ Grimm, and Sam Mills. Two years later, these eight men were drafted and would be voted into the Canton's facility years later. John Elway, Eric Dickerson, Bruce Matthews, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, Daryl Green, Richard Dent, and Jim Cover. That 1983 class is often referred to as the quarterback class since Elway, Kelly, and Marino were drafted. In addition to those Hall of Fame quarterbacks chosen, also picked up in the process that year were Todd Blackledge, Tony Eason, and Ken O'Brien. Retired quarterback Peyton Manning is heading for the Hall of Fame one day, but when he was drafted in 1998, the San Diego Chargers had the top pick, and Manning did not want to play for them, so a trade was facilitated with the Indianapolis Colts, and they and the Chargers swapped picks, so Peyton Manning went to the Colts and Ryan Leaf to the Chargers, while Manning had a Hall of Fame career. Leaf was a total bust and combustible in his attitude. Also picked in that year's draft class at quarterback was Charlie Batch, Brian Greasy, and Matt Hasselbeck. Another strong quarterback class came in 2004. As our very own Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, was miffed and not being drafted earlier in the first round, the Pittsburgh Steelers saw him waiting at the 11th pick and drafted Big Ben, as he famously became known. Big Ben retired two years ago, but given who he shared that class with, he should not be too upset at the position which he was selected. The first round pick was just like his brother Peyton, what he did, and that was Eli Manning, who did not want to play for the San Diego Chargers. After being picked, so the Chargers worked to trade, and Manning went to the New York Giants, where the rest is history. There is a good chance Manning will join Peyton in the Hall of Fame one day, but Roethlisberger is considered to be a shoo-in, as Philip Rivers is as well, also drafted in 2004. But they were not the only signal callers drafted that year. 17 quarterbacks were drafted in 2004. Among them were J.P. Lozman, Matt Schaub, Luke McCown, and some other notable names were Jim Sorge, Josh Harris, Cody Pickett, and Craig Krenzel. But back to 1974, these men drafted by the Steelers, as said before, were a part of a dynasty that may never be matched again. The Steelers put together teams that were full of players that even some as backups could have started elsewhere. J.T. Thomas was an outstanding defensive secondary player, as was Mike Wagner. The Pittsburgh offensive line was stout with not just Mike Webster, but guys like Larry Brown, who had converted from tight end to offensive tackle. Ray Mansfield was a solid center until Webster came along, and you had John Kolb on the line, a standout. You had Bradshaw, Harris, and Blyer in the backfield with Swan and Stallworth as the wideouts with Frank Lewis, another quality receiver pitching in. Who could ever forget big Benny Cunningham at tight end? Sam Davis was an underrated lineman who started for years, as did Jim Clack joining him on the line. But that defense, everyone knows about the steel curtain. L.C. Greenwood, Joe Green, Dwight White, and an interchange of Ernie Holmes and Steve Furness making up a defensive line when the 4-3 was defense was all the rage. You might as well call Pittsburgh linebacker, line, linebacker history linebacker U, as they've had so many great linebackers on the field over the years, starting in the 1960s with Andy Russell who was technically sound, but then along came Jack Lambert, who was a wild animal on the field. Jack Ham was also an extremely technical and much talented linebacker who performed the position with finesse. Mel Blunt was a killer in the secondary and was joined by Donnie Shell, Glenn Edward, 
and JT Thomas. This defensive unit, especially the guys up front, put fear into opposing offenses. Former coach and player Tony Dungy was a part of this dynasty. And for the record, L.C. Greenwood belongs in the Hall of Fame. John Banizak came later in that dynasty and was a great fill on the defensive line. Randy Grossman will eventually earn a starting role and as a tight end will be remembered for having outstanding hands. As a final word, Google the best draft class ever to be off from one team and it will always come up with the 1974 Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a wrap for this episode of Total Sports Recall. I hope you enjoy this podcast and next weekend there will be a new show. Your comments and suggestions are always welcome. And you can reach me by email at totalsportsrecall at gmail.com. You may also hit me up on Twitter using my handle at TSRHAR59. But be sure to visit my website at www.totalsportsrecall.com and my YouTube channel, which carries the same name as this podcast. With that said, this is Harv Aronson wishing everyone a wonderful week ahead and a great weekend. The contents of this podcast does not represent the opinions of others and is solely the opinions of Harv Aronson based on his experience, knowledge, and research.